podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. All right, what's up, everybody? This is the Talking Tactics Podcast. My name's Daniel. It's your boy, Double H. Hot trying to live, trying to stay alive. We do this podcast every Tuesday. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at Talking Tactics, Facebook, Talking Tactics 352, SoundCloud, Talking Tactics, Instagram, Talking Tactics. If you're listening on Spotify, thank you. And you can follow us there. Please do that. If you're on an Apple device listening on Apple Podcasts, remember to subscribe. It's free. We don't charge you. If you do want to help the show, though, become a patron. Three bucks a month and you get, you know, 30 to 40 minutes of Talking Tactics extra every week that we record for you guys. And type in Talking Tactics Podcast on Google. It's probably the easiest. Um, What do you want to start with first this week? I think we should really start. I think the biggest thing has really been this whole messy Argentina thing has really come up again. I mean, lost to... Colombia 2-0. Every summer do we have to do this? How come he just can't win in an international tournament and get this over with, man? Like, oh, no, no, I'm but, sick of talking about this guy. Like, every Copa no, 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 America, I do every have, World Cup, it's just messy. He can't get, the, can't get it done. Come on, man. I do have a reasoning as to why it's it doesn't work, though. And my thing about it is that, again, this is talking tactics. We, 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 we rarely talk tactics, but now let's talk some tactics. Why doesn't Messi play wide right? I thought that was a rhetorical question. No, 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 no. That's actually a question. Okay, see, I'm asking you, why doesn't Messi play white? <laughs> we were just gonna sit in. in, in <laughs> no, no, because, because in I that was. Um, yeah, he has played wide right before. Whenever they played four three three, so I feel, I feel like at the 2014 World Cup, he was playing wide right, and they made it to the final. So he has played wide right for Argentina before. I guess just now. Maybe he's older. They don't want to put him on the right for to be a defensive liability, so they're putting him centrally. Um, but for, for me, I still feel that you can still create defensive cover for the kind of defensive liability that Messi may give you, whether that means playing like a double pivot, two pivots, or so forth. Because my thing is, Messi being played in the middle, it's, it just doesn't work. It's much easier to nullify him in the middle, especially in South, in South America, where the referee will allow more fouls and will allow more aggressive tackles. But if he's put wide right, he's much more, he's in better isolated situations. And I feel that his effectiveness with regards to scoring goals and beating players is far better now than it was back then. So back then he may have been faster, quick and everything, but I think he's become a lot more intelligent and a lot more smarter. And just basically he's becoming a much more smarter player now, which means that I think that he'd be very, very deadly if he's been pulled wide right, and all, and the only person he has to beat is that left back, which nine times out of ten he will beat that left back, move on to your left, and just shoot shoot the ball. Very similar to what Robin does, because what Messi is doing that you're creating for a Higuain, you're creating for an Aguero, and they're messing up, and they've been messing up since 2011. Because well, we're going to get to Aguero, who, bro, we have to really rethink whether the, he's truly world world class. So my thing about this is that take it in, into your own hands. We've now seen the narrative of you giving the ball to people and then messing up. Now, let these guys give the ball to you and you now have the power to put the ball in the net. I, do, I don't think it's as easy as saying put Messi on the right. It is bigger than that, but it's just a, a, a piece. The other manager for the other team is going to have a brain, we hope. You wouldn't, you wouldn't just put a left back against Messi like 1v1. So you would have that left back, a left-sided midfielder, then the left winger of that team. So that's three people. Mm. And then you have the left-sided center back there as well. So that's four guys that are going to be all eyes on Messi. So but, is it easier just placing him on the right when he's going to be 32 no, next week? No, no, no. Okay, again, like, as I said again, it's like, it's the team needs to be, be better. The tackles need to be better. The defense needs to be better. But my thing about that is it is a lot trickier trying to defend a very dangerous wide man because if you now double team and everything – that messes the structure of, of your of your team. And if, let's say, a Dybala or a Postari has the ball and you commit those two players and you play the right ball to a, a Messi, that will cause a lot more danger for that opposing team. Because that opposing team is like, I've got to worry about what Messi is doing, but um, I've got Pastore or Dybala bombing down on me. Because the issue about this is that Messi is just having to do too much and, it, and it's taking too much of a mantle. And... It's just it's just not working well for the team. Hence why Dybala can't get into the team. Because Messi's position is where the the, the Dybala plays or where a, a pastore plays. It won't happen because Messi is the captain and is the leader. 
is you've got to now take a much more restricted role where all you do is they give the ball to you, you dribble and you shoot, <laughs> or you make runs into the box, make runs into the box, and um, Lord Chalso, Pastore, Debala will not try to find you through 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 balls. Try it because that's not really been tried. Because I think you have to learn how to adapt and tweak and alter your game. And Messi doesn't alter his game at all when he plays for Argentina. He literally plays exactly the same race of Barcelona that he does for Argentina. And Argentines still live in this myth of like, oh my gosh, look at how amazing he's for Barcelona. Yeah, surely he'll be he'll, he'll do amazing for us. Or I don't know. It's 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 more a case of like, does Messi have so much power that no manager can tell him what to do? And if he wants to play number ten for Argentina, that's what's going to happen. Oh no, no, I for me. I think the issue that Argentina have right now is even worse because you have a dude in Scaloni who's the manager. I actually remember when Scaloni actually used to play for Argentina, and he's 41. So a manager that young, who I believe he was probably in the squad when, when Messi was coming up, that dude is going to still fall to the whole Messi, whatever you say, boom, we're going to try and build the team around you. But like a Sabea, who was Argentina's last great manager, who had a right system and a right idea, that's someone that you need, who, who may have the answer to say, you know what, Messi, we need you in a different space. We need to just give you a specific role. Don't be the creator, runner, distributor. No, don't. You're not in central midfield. Put someone else in central midfield. Let let someone else cover that. You just have that role, and we will try to find you to to shoot. But with regards to Messi, he enjoys having the ball and really mm. dictating the, the play. So I don't think that at his age he'd even want to be to to be given a restricted role. He's like, no, this this role I play every week for Barcelona. I enjoy this role. I like this role. I like to be the creator. I like to be the guy threading those balls through. So no, I don't. Why do why do I now want to just be on the right side of the wing and hardly have the ball? So no, he 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 wouldn't. And even if you put him there, he'll probably just end up still wanting to get the ball and and play as like the the point guard. So is this an overreaction? Colombia aren't a bad team. This is not like they lost to Qatar, Bolivia. Or Paraguay, or someplace like that. Like this is Colombia's. Daniel, they're not, they're not getting out of, out, of, out of the group. I said that before, and I'm going to stick by it. They're not making it out of the group. They'll draw to Paraguay, and I and judging from what I see from Qatar, Qatar will probably beat them. <laughs> you don't believe that, bro? I just said so. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't stutter, and I'm a stutterer, so I, I mean that, but like that better not happen ever in life that Argentina lose to Qatar. Well, they drew to Iceland, so. <laughs> no, no, look. Qatar look all right, man. Those guys look pretty, pretty good, man. So don't sleep, sleep on Qatar. How many goals did Messi get at the last World Cup? Two? I think so, yeah. So both against Nigeria. And then he didn't score before or after. He, he scored two. And Iceland, he didn't score. And, and Croatia was 3-0. And we all know he hasn't scored in a knockout stage. I'm just, I'm sick. I'm sick of the conversation about Messi. Like, I just either retire for real this time. <laughs> or figure out a way to get it done because I'm sick of talking about him with Argentina. Like, like the same conversations. That, like we've seen the videos now. Like a, a, a guy in the studio, he sounded kind of Canadian talking about how like Messi's a fraud, and this, oh, and, and, oh, yeah, seen and this is why Cristiano Ronaldo the goat and Messi's like his legacy is just fake. It's just like, bro, we know what we see with our eyes. Messi is the best player I've seen his whole career of. Without question, so I don't think we need to play stupid. Oh, no, 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 like no, 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 he's not he's great. Football player of all time. It's just this particular facet of the game, if you want to call it international football, whatever the difference is. There's something with Argentina, like this generation just isn't it. I don't, I don't know what's wrong, and I don't think anybody really knows what's wrong. Could we make the argument that the Argentina project did work? They made a World Cup final. They made two Copa America finals within the space of I think four years. Could we make the argument that they got to where they needed to go? They just didn't win the final. And now that generation is over. They wasted their three opportunities to win a trophy. See, sorry, sorry I've got to stop you there. Daniel, think about what you just, just said. How are you in three consecutive finals and you just managed to win one? That's rough. It's tough. I know. I understand. That's but, but Bro, that's crazy. What that's I'm crazy. saying is if a team made three consecutive finals... We would say that that's generally successful, that you've made two Copa America finals and you made mm. it to the final of a World Cup. It's just, it just so happens that you didn't win either. 
But or the, neither but, of the no, three. No, 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 no. If if you told me that was a Portugal or a Turkey or something, and they made, then I'd be like, oh no, that or Croatia. I'd be like, that's, that's amazing. Three different oh, that's amazing. Unlucky. This is Argentina. A team that house houses probably the greatest player of all time in Maradona. That have already won two World Cups. They've won other Cup Americas as well. And people keep telling me that in this team, in that team, they had people who they now call the goats. In three finals, you have to get it done at least once. Mm. If I was Argentine, knowing the history of the country, the history of the country with football and everything, and and they give me three finals and and you, and, you, and you don't win one, I'm like, nah, 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 nah. Like that is disappointing. Disappointing. It is. It is. But I'm just, I'm, I'm just thinking. You made it th- to three finals. You didn't win one. That was your time to win. Asking for you to win now is just kind of silly. I think, no, no, you are right. Because I think that generation is gone. Mascherano was very key. Like, he formed the core of that right. team. And he's too old. You know, Garay is gone. Dimichelis is gone. So, Zabaleta, um, who was, who's the goalkeeper that was at United? Sergio Romero? Romero. Yeah, that whole team. Lavezzi, Pastore. All those players are just either retired or they don't get picked anymore. I think after that 2016, then I knew that, ah, okay, yeah, Messi is never going to win an international trophy with Argentina. So then, you know, when history looks back, like, which is why I always say the greatest club football player of all time, there will never, ever be a player at club level who dominated the club game as well as uh, Messi has. So it's it's a done deal. But there will always be that asterisk, you know. And when you call, when we, we look at player as greats, that's why I still say for me, the greatest player for me is Maradona. Because of that World Cup in, in 86, taking a brick team to the final in 1990 and winning those these those two Serie A titles with Napoli. Now, after we say this, watch Argentina go win it. Shit house their way to six points and then just so what's next? What do you want to talk about next? Like have you seen well I guess I Neymar? Yeah, I was gonna say, have you seen anything else interesting from Copa America? I was gonna maybe bring up Brazil and the fact that they won without Neymar. Yeah, I mean for for me, I think like you know, that question with Brazil, again, I watched the the, the game. First half was rough. They, they got booed off at halftime. I'm not sure whether they can win it without Neymar. That's just the honest truth. But there is a, a huge opportunity for somebody like I look like Everton's goal was bloody amazing. That was an amazing goal. I think Jesus really this could really be his tournament. I think the guy looks good, and it's an opportunity for people to be like, "Hey, man, we can win with Neymar." And that narrative would be crazy. Imagine if Coutinho scores like six, seven goals and leads them to a victory. Therefore, Coutinho gets free meals in Brazil. Neymar doesn't. He has to pay for his meals in Brazil. We've been doing this long enough to where we have history. All right. So tell me your Neymar stance. Like, have you flipped on Neymar and now you think he's, I don't know what, but he used to be the truth. My opinion on Neymar is this. I don't care about talent by itself. We know how talented the dude is. So using that point is irrelevant. So my thing about Neymar is I supported his move to PSG 100%. But I said that move only makes sense if you can be a true superstar for PSG, but lead them to the, to, to the Champions League. But what I've seen from Neymar is his off-the-field antics and his brand has now superseded what he does on the on the pitch. And we could talk about, oh, he got injured and everything, but facts of the matter is this, you've not done anything for PSG. All those French trophies after and everything, they mean nothing. You've not done anything for, for PSG. The only thing that matters for PSG is you winning the Champions League for, for them. So... You're wasting your talents. <laughs> You're wasting because we all know how, how good you can be. Saying that is a meet point. But beating Lille and Marseille 7-8-0, doing rainbow flicks against nonce or people are like that is irrelevant. You have to do it at a high level. So either you win the Champions League with PSG or get your ass back to either Barcelona or move to Real Madrid or move to the, to the Premier League and actually be in a fully competitive league. Because as of right now, Neymar is... Is ir- he's irrelevant. <laughs> he's irrelevant. Like, doing rainbow flicks and all this stuff against teams in Ligue 1 when you're PSG, that's irrelevant. And if you've not done anything in the, in the Champions apart from get to a second round or a quarter final, you, the, for the past two years, you've been irrelevant. You sound more annoyed with him 
you know how you say uh, when you when you do something bad and your parents say, "I'm not mad at you, I'm disappointed." You just sound like a disappointed parent with Neymar. Oh no, no, no! Because that's I am very disappointed because I know how good this guy is. Because I respect Messi, I respect him. I prefer Neymar's football to Messi's football. Like what Neymar does and just his football psychologically, that's where it's at. So I was excited to see Neymar pretty much take over and be that number one guy in place of Messi. That's why when I think back at it, maybe the PSG move was the wrong move. Maybe it was either you remain as Barcelona or you move to Real Madrid. And if you move to Real Madrid, then we have perhaps one of the most exciting classicals we've ever seen. We probably have even a better classical than the Cristiano Messi classical because we now have two quality, quality footballers. Messi wanted Neymar on the other side. My mistake was like, I didn't really think about those matches in Liga being irrelevant. I just focused about, oh my gosh, he's going to do so, so many crazy things in, in, in the Champions League. But because he hasn't, I'm waiting for you to see what you do in the Champions League because that, that's where the real com competition is. And you've not really done anything. Let's say you still have the same injury for either a Barcelona or Real Madrid. You're still playing in La Liga. You're still playing in a competitive league. So if you're Barcelona, you're still trying to battle Real Madrid. Or if you're for Real Madrid, you're still battling Barcelona for the La Liga title. So you have the La Liga and the Champions League. But in PSG, it's just the Champions League. So once you get injured for there, that's it. Season is over because Liga is pointless. So maybe you shouldn't have left Barcelona then. So I want to read the quote from the uh, Al Khalafi. Oh, my guy. <laughs> Nobody forced him to sign here. Nobody pushed him to. He came with a complete understanding of committing himself to a project. So that's from PSG president on Neymar. So nobody forced him to sign here. He, he knew why he was coming, essentially. You think it's possible that he, he sold this summer? I don't think so, personally, because I don't know if anybody's going to be willing to pay over 200 million euros for an injury-prone player. But now, obviously, you think he should move at this point. But do you think he will? You see, that statement's coming out changes him because if he's releasing that statement... Mm. Maybe that is a veiled shot at Neymar. And Neymar's like, oh, okay, you don't really want me here. So if I'm not wanted, all right, Barca, what's up? Real, what's up? Like, I think him moving to Real Madrid would be amazing. I think that is what football needs. Football needs a Messi versus Neymar classical. I don't think he will leave. I think somehow, this is just talk, he'll, he'll eventually stay with PSG. I don't think Real Madrid will buy him this summer. One, I think they're going to try to get Pogba before mm. they try to get Neymar because they already got Hazard, so they need a midfielder. So Neymar would just be kind of a luxury in that sense, but I don't think he's necessarily necessary. Barcelona is interesting. They're going to get Griezmann, I think. So you buy Griezmann and Neymar in one window? Is that possible? Maybe. If I was them, I'd try to get a striker before anything because I think Suarez is pretty much finished. I don't know if there's a place for him to go. If those are the only two places, he's not going to go to the Premier League. I don't know. I, I think he's there. I think he's stuck there for this season anyway. I'd, I'd much rather him not play until like December or something. I'm pretty sure that PSG team can get through whatever Champions League. <laughs> so just, oh, yeah, yeah. So okay. don't play. So just don't play until December. They'll be up by five. Maybe not even five. They'll be up by 10 points in the league. Just stay out as long as you need to to get healthy and... I think there's a Copa America in 2020, so just make 20 make 2020 your priority, starting like January 1st or whenever the league starts back. If I was in Neymar's ear, that's what I would tell him: like, stay out as long as possible. Don't let people pressure you back. Um, you know, the transfer window's been kind of dead. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's been quite out, a lot. I happened outside of Madrid. Madrid have been going crazy with uh, they got Mendy, Hazard, Militao, Jovic. They signed someone from Japan who apparently is supposed to be really good. I'm trying to think of anything else. Really, though, the biggest rumor outside of maybe Neymar is Pogba announced maybe it's time for something new. Mm. Don't know if anyone really – well, I guess I guess once they kind of talked to him kind of crazy um, when the season was over, maybe everybody was thinking, you know what, maybe Pogba might try to leave. He was in Japan, I think. They asked him, he was like, you know, I've been here for three years. It's been good, but maybe it's time for a new challenge. What do you think that means? <laughs> Keith, because what's it called? Devil from Banstra, I mean, he, he actually came to that. And he actually made a very good point. So him saying that, I lose the point that he wants to leave. Now, 
Man United statement, they said that they expect him to stay, not that he will stay. Keyword expect. A player that says that he wants to leave. <laughs> you mm. know, like how do you, how does a player say that they want a new challenge and that translates to, yeah, I want to remain at this club? That makes no sense. So, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I I think that he leaves, and I and I know and I, and I do think that Real Madrid is the is is the move or PSG. I mean, I, I don't know. Do you think Real Madrid or PSG would be the, the better move for him? I think Juve would probably be the best move. Interesting. They they need him. <laughs> they need him. He knows the place. The fans love him. It wouldn't. I don't think there would be too much pressure if he goes back to Juve. If he goes to Madrid with the team that they're building, and he's going to be the face of it. Probably more so than Hazard, because I think the Pogba brand's bigger than the Hazard brand. That's Pogba v Messi, or whatever the case would be. That's like Real Madrid have to win the Champions League, and obviously that would exist in Juventus in the same way. But he's going to be second fiddle to Ronaldo, which I think would be better for him. It's uh, I, I would see if Juventus would come in for me, but maybe they won't want to spend big money. If Pogba was bought for eighty nine mil, United are going to ask for at least like one twenty, maybe even one fifty. I don't know if Juve is going to spend that much money to get him back. It sucks, man. He came back to the Premier League. You know, it was the Jose Mourinho. He came to Jose Mourinho United. People thought, okay, like this is like the first, one of the first building blocks in terms of United, their resurgence. Now they have a top manager in, in air quotes. They've got one of the best midfield prospects or just midfielders in the world. That should be something to build around. And it just never happened. You know, no, I mean, Bobo, look, it's like... Ed Woodward, one of the worst um, directors of football out there. Like, if you're recruiting flipping young Herrera and these people around the park, but you're, you're having a laugh. Like, they, I mean, they, these are prime bricks, super prime bricks. <laughs> super prime. Listen, man, the move should have been after Chelsea win the Premier League in 2014 15. Mourinho wanted Pogba, and I think he was 75 mil. Chelsea would only offer 60. Juve and his agent were like, nah, we need our money. Chelsea wouldn't do it. And he stayed there, I think, another year. And then Mourinho left, went to United and bought him. The move would have been to pair Hazard with Pogba at Chelsea. That should have been the move. And maybe neither of them are leaving because now you're a European force. But didn't happen because Chelsea didn't feel like spending the money, which would have seemed like a bargain. You got Pogba for 75. That should have been the move, but it wasn't. Speaking of Chelsea, actually, Sarri's now the Juve manager. So Chelsea are now managerless. With our luck, we know that in a few hours here, uh, Chelsea are going to announce Frank Lampard and it's going to step oh, so on the podcast a little bit. Oh, so you really think that's, 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 that's still going to happen? See, you're asking me the wrong question. Do what? I want it to happen is the real question. And the answer is no. But <laughs> do I think it's going to happen? Yes, unfortunately. Bro. Bad move, man. Bad move. It sucks. If I had my way, I would pull up to Amsterdam with a Brinks truck, and I would find wherever Eric he Eric Ten Hag's house is, and I would just back up a truck with a bunch of money and be like, you're coming with me to London, and you get to keep the truck with all the money inside. That would be where I would go, because he understands how to play with young players, which I think might be necessary for Chelsea in the upcoming, in, in upcoming seasons. You wouldn't be throwing away Sarri's work necessarily because as an Ajax manager, maybe maybe he would do other things. Because you know how Ajax managers like or coaches, they're forced to play a particular style because Ajax is what Ajax is. So you kind of have to play 4-3-3. There's no way around that. Maybe he would have other ideas outside of 4-3-3 that he would implement at, at, an, at another club that you just can't do at Ajax. Transfer ban, bro. Exactly. So this way, Sarri already laid the foundation for a 4-3-3. If you go to Lampard, who knows what he's going to do? Like, if you went to Allegri or somebody like that, you're just ripping up whatever work Sarri did. So you've basically wasted a year because he's going to try to play three at the back. Might play 4-3-3 occasionally, but it's not going to be the same. Ten Hag, though, he's going to build upon the foundation that Sarri built. And I like that idea. His performances in the Champions League and in the Dutch League, done well. So that's who I would look at if I had any positions of power at Chelsea. I would like, look, how do I get the Ajax guy? But... It's a very shady, crude move, I think, from Chelsea to try to get Lampard because match-going Chelsea fans didn't like Sarri at all. So I think they're thinking, 
we know we're going to suck for the next season or two. How do we get the fans not to hate us? Let's put a manager that they will never turn against. And that's going to be Frank Lampard because he is who he is. What, what, what makes you think that they will never, never is a strong one. What makes you think that they will never turn against Lampard? How many of these players played with Lampard back during when Lampard was playing? I don't care. I'm saying I don't think the club care about the players or whatever the case may be. Like Willian did, Louise did, Aspilicueta did. Like there's a there's a few there who played with Lampard. But my point is they were like fans were singing fuck sorry ball from the crowd and this is the real reason why he left like obviously they might put in a statement um sorry wants to be closer to his elderly parents and he wants to live back in italy fair enough like those are good kind of reasons that you can put on things really he's leaving because the fans didn't appreciate him in probably a way that he felt was right and i can i can sympathize with that like i'm going to work and I'm having people say, fuck, fuck, sorry, ball. And then the journalist asked me questions about it. Like, why would I want to work in this environment when I could go to Italy and win the league for a better team than Chelsea? Like, this is ridiculous. What I'm thinking is, is the Chelsea hierarchy is just like, so how do we get the fans back? We need to sell season tickets. We don't, we don't have a, we can't buy anyone. Only person coming in really is Pulisic. How do we get the fans energized again? And happy to be Chelsea fans again. Well, let's bring in, let's put check as director. Let's bring in Drogba as an ambassador. You know, why not? Frank Lampard did okay as Derby manager. Let's bring him back and let's put him in. So it just seems like pandering. Like, you know, this is going to work in terms of getting Chelsea fans excited. Like, ooh, Frank Lampard as a manager. Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, it's a PR move, not a footballing move. That's. It seems like that to me. And I don't like I don't like them trying to play you because it doesn't. So of all the managers, Frank Lampard's the best. Serious? Like, have we not seen what's happened at Old Trafford? <laughs> That's how. So you see, if Lampard is thinking about thinking about, because again, it's two examples. There's the Pep Guardiola example, then there's the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer example. The Pep Guardiola is just a once in a lifetime crazy example. You have Zidane as well, but oh, yeah. both. Both Guardiola and Zidane were walking into ready-made teams. All that needed to happen was you make one or two really good decisions. For Guardiola, you take out uh, Ronaldinho, you give the team to Messi, you sell Yaya Toure, whatever the case may be, you play Busquets, well done. I don't even know what Zidane had to do. Zidane just had to be Zidane and just make sure he picked the right starting 11s in the Champions League. He was always going to be good. Frank Lampard's coming into a team that has Willian, Alonso, <laughs> drink water, Zappa Costa. Uh, drink, drink there's, there's water. No drink striker. Giroud's gonna be your number nine. There's no Ronaldo. There's no Messi. Xavi, Iniesta, Modric, Cruz, Marcelo, Pio, Piquet. Like, there's no one there. There's no one in this team. The the relevant example is Solskjaer. Like, it might work at the beginning because people might like it. But what happens when the rough patch hits? And this is going to be an inevitable situation. What happens then? You think Frank Lampard has what it takes to like steer a ship correctly? I don't know. No, 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 no. For, for it's me, a I risk. Think, no, no. I think no. I think like your suggestion of Ted Hang, that's the best solution because if you're like that, okay, youth can't really spend the person who's shown that he can work with youth and still be effective and play good football is Ten Hag. You can't. I don't care what you've done for Derby County, and I think. I don't. I don't. Wait, 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 wait. Was it you or someone said that? Apparently, like Derby County usually do make the playoffs. So Lampard, what he did with Derby County isn't that much of a improvement of what Derby County were before. Who make the playoffs, but they don't really get, get, get promoted. So I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I wouldn't know enough about Derby County to make that point. But also, also, if you sign Ten Hag, you're like greasing the skids for a potential Ajax transfer when the Suppose Ajax keep Delit for another year, or suppose mm. they keep Neres for another year, or suppose they keep Zayesh for another year. They can't sell everyone. They could sell everyone and just reload because they're Ajax. But suppose they keep somebody, Van de Beek. Maybe, maybe you sign him and then you could go to, to Ajax in 2020 and say, hey, what's up? Like, you want to come to Chelsea and work with my project? And you can finesse it that way. You know, got to think two steps. It's chess, not checkers, obviously. So... <laughs> I love <that. laughs> So yeah, that that would be my suggestion. But it could be a case of 
you bring in Petacek as technical director, and then you give him an option of, so which manager would you like to work with? And if you see Frank Lampard on the list and you're Petacek, what are you going to do? <laughs> it's like, yo, I've, I've worked with him for over a decade probably. It worked. You know, we did some things. We won some stuff. So maybe, you know, the way that, like, uh, Magic Johnson quit his job because he couldn't hire the coach he wanted. Mm. It's a similar kind of thing where Petacek would be the director of football. So maybe he would want the coach that he wants. Could be Lampard. So what's next? What's next? Pogba, we talked to Messi. Um, AFCON. Yes, yes. What do you think? Don't fall into the trap of Senegal being talented and that's why they'll win. Senegal are not going to win it. Egypt, I think Egypt's name is written on that trophy. Home advantage is going to be huge. But Ivory Coast look tasty. Zaha bro, and- bro, bro, you just stepped on my point. You stepped on my point. Wait, what? I was, I, I was going to say, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of Egypt. I'm seeing a lot of Morocco. I'm seeing a lot of Senegal. Um, Senegal. And then, like, a name you kind of hear in the background might be, like, Nigeria or the holders in Cameroon. I haven't seen a lot of people talking about Ivory Coast in terms of a team that can win. But when you have Zaha, Pepe, who's coming off the season that he had, you have Cornet or Cornet. I'm not really sure on the pronunciation, the, the guy from Lyon. Yo, Ivory Coast have a little squad. You're sleeping on them if you're not considering them. No, no, but for me, like, don't ever get fooled by Pleasance. I mean, remember how talented all of those, how talented that Ivory Coast core was with Drogba, um, and they never won. Like, they only won when Drogba left and all, all, all of these guys left. So, my thing, and I think this is always indicative of Africa. There are other African teams, whenever they're really talented, Sometimes, whenever they're in those teams, they're in, the, in those like quarterfinals, semifinals, they just rely on the, in the individual. And mm. Egypt, and that's how Egypt kept winning because Egypt kept on going up against Ivory Coast and they keep beating Ivory Coast because Egypt just played better as a team and just executed their game plan better in that game, even if Ivory Coast just had the better individuals. So, did they pick um, Serge Aurier? Do we know? Is he in the team? Uh, not sure. Not sure. Not sure. That would be like their standout defender. And I'm pretty sure, you know. What's the Milan guy, Kessie? Oh yeah, Kessie. Yeah. Kessie Seri from yeah, yeah, he, he's Fulham. In the, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, every cast has a team, but again, again, it's like I'm not sure who their manager is because Mark Vilmot got sacked after they failed to win the World Cup. But how about it's, let's, it's a group. let's Google? Let's Google. All right. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, what are the chances that he's uh European? Wait, what do we think? Bro, we, we have to talk about that. Bro. <laughs> no, 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 no. Local coach, local coach, Ibrahim Kamara. So wait, 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 wait. Are you sure? Because look, look, there may be some white people called Ibrahim Kagamara, man. You never know. <laughs> it says in 2018 he was appointed coach of Ivory Coast. So let's let's do a quick Google search. I don't think there's white people named Ibrahim Kamara fair. <laughs> you know, bro, you never know, man. Never know. <laughs> no, no, no. He's black. He's black. So shout out to Ivory Coast. They have a local coach for once. The the Wilmots thing was that was that was never gonna work. Actually, that's actually a really good extra. Um, local coaches and white coaches with African teams. I think that's that's, that's probably. <laughs> I, know, I think we've done enough on that one on talking tactics. I mean, we oh. could do it again, but <laughs> no, 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 no. But I, I think, like, see, that is why, apart from Nigeria, who I unfortunately have to root, even if those guys piss me off and, and uh, annoy me, um, I, I always root for teams with local coaches. That's mm. why they are Congo. I'm behind them. Ivory Coast. Now I'm, I'm definitely behind them. This is, why, this is why I was pissed off last year when Senegal got eliminated from the oh. World Cup off yellow cards. I don't think you realize how angry it was because basically I watched it in this like public place. The amount of cost words I said to myself as I left, because I didn't watch the rest of the match, I was so angry. Like I was so angry. Even the way it happened because mm. they were sort of like, they weren't playing for the win. They were playing for the draw. So... The way it happened when they controlled the game, they could have easily beaten them. Colombia were there for the taking, and they just sort of like, oh, let's just play for the draw. Then when they went, they're like, oh, what do we do now? I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, and really? Yellow cards, really? At the time, I was pissed off because I thought, you know, I don't think yellow cards is a great way to determine. It's not It's not a great tiebreaker. No. But I think Japan were probably the better team. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> As much as it was happening, uh, to unfortunately, unfortunately, like with hindsight, I can say no, 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 no. You, you, no were right. you were right. You were right. You were right. 
Yeah, look, look at what they did against Belgium. Like, yeah, mm. like they were the better team. If so, so you're saying Egypt as your yeah. as your favorite? I want to say Ivory Coast just because it's like an odd pick, and I don't know if anybody would necessarily say that. My only like my main concern is will you get to get out of the group? I think third place can get you through, depending on how good you do. So I feel like Uganda will get through the groups. I, I feel like this could be a good tournament. We we beat Ivory Coast in a friendly. Oh no, oh no, 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 no. You have to be, I mean, you have to have, have, have faith. I mean, I think DR Congo and Egypt should make it through. But look, come on, man, you get behind your Ugandans. Although it's, it's going to be tough, though. It's going to be tough. Yeah, it's, it's, it'll be tough. But that third place kind of advancement, looking tasty. Looking tasty. Um, so do you have like a... A player to watch or a team to watch outside of like. Oh, maybe I mean, favorites? I think I'm very, very excited about um, ZH um, for mm. Morocco. Morocco. Yeah. I think he's. I think, I think the, the for me the players I definitely want to watch ZH and Zaha. You ready for a hot take? I don't know if yeah. Egypt get to like even the semi final or the quarter final. No, no, no. You you don't know how Africa works and don't know North Africa works. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I saw that team at the World Cup. And short of Mohamed Salah, trash. But I told you, home soul makes you do crazy things, man. Fair enough. Yeah, home well, soul makes you do crazy things. Russia, Russia were doing crazy things, but like, did, did you see their their running stats? <laughs> Wait, what? Did Did you see Russia's running stats, like distance covered? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Look, bro, they were odd stuff. Man. I ain't, bro. I ain't saying nothing. I ain't saying that. <laughs> Shut up, Putin. Shut up, Putin. <laughs> no, no, no. no. That's, that's, that's my boy. Him and Abramovich, they're, they're my boys, man. Those, those, those are my, my boys. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe if, if, if Egypt could get on whatever they were on, maybe, you know, they could run themselves into a semifinal. But I don't know. It's going to be Salah or nothing. How about that? Um, Stop sniffing cocaine, man. Hey, easy. I would never. <laughs> questions, questions, questions. The tweet goes out every Monday, so just follow us on Twitter and, uh, you know, reply, and we will read it, more more likely than not. Some of these are going to be things we've already talked about, but that's cool. We got time. Today I got time. Um, fans got sorry to quit, and now Pogba. Should the boards cater to fans? And if not, what should be done to keep fans from creating toxic situations for club personnel? From Gowan69. I don't know if you can keep football fans from being toxic. I think yeah, that's a bit that's of a big impossible. <laughs> yeah, I think football fans in general, especially match-going fans and people who are like on Twitter with like avies and things of players and stuff like that. You, that's a particular sect of the population that isn't easily controllable and are highly emotional in terms of what they feel towards their club and players who play for it, and the managers who manage, or coaches who coach, depending. So I don't know if you can necessarily control people being toxic, because you're dealing with people who are prone to toxicity. The only way you can get rid of toxic things is winning. That's the only way. Real Madrid fans are generally toxic when things are bad, but when they're winning, not as, not so much. That would be my answer. I don't know, Double H, what do you think? Should boards cater to the fans? Um... Look, it's 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 an impossible situation, and I think the focus has to be about winning. Do whatever you need to do to win. Don't cater to winning a trophy. So mm. screw the fans. Screw whatever is. Do, so okay, let's let's use the example of Chelsea. If hiring Lampard will make you win a trophy, hire Lampard. Don't hire Lampard to appease the fans because that's just stupid. Unless fans, and I'm pretty sure this hasn't changed. I think what fans want more than anything, more than sentiments or more than seeing their favorite player's manager is to win. You know, so if Sari, which is the crazy thing, like if Sari, but that's a crazy thing about Sari, he won the Europa League, but did fans still warm to him after winning the Europa League? I don't know. I don't know. No, because Chelsea fans are, oh God. <laughs> well. Chelsea, by and large, this isn't all of you guys, so don't get mad at me. If you're listening to this podcast, obviously... Think about your fans, man, Mr. Chelsea fanboy. No, no, no. Chelsea fans are idiots, Mm. by and large. Match-going fans especially. I I realize I won't be allowed in Fulham and Hammersmith or whatever. I don't give a... 
full Most on. of them are stupid. And they were they, in what sense? In what sense? They relate to if there's like a hard work bias mm. or just like a passion bias, and maybe this goes across the spectrum of most football fans in most countries, but definitely in England, specifically in this case, Chelsea. They like to see hard work and application. Mm. Even and that's from players chiefly. Then you get once you get into the managers, once you get managers like Mourinho who wear their emotions on their sleeve and are passionate, the fans connect with it. Once you see someone like Conte, when Chelsea score a goal, he goes crazy. He starts jumping into the fans, hanging on top of stuff like he's a monkey. There's like the, the, his vibe is very much passion and desire and all that, those kind of words that people use in England to denote that you care. When you have a manager like Sari, who's more serene and he's a thinker, he'll, he'll sit down and whatever he's thinking, he writes it on a pad. Chelsea score a goal. There's no real emotion because who knows? In three minutes, I have Alonzo at the back. I might concede. So why should I get happy? Let me be more worried about the defense. Mm. He's more cognizant of things that might happen. So he doesn't get as excited. Or maybe he is excited. He just doesn't show it yeah. like Antonio Conte does, for instance. The fans can't connect necessarily with a manager who's like that. So because there's that seeming lack of emotion from the manager that to connect with the club, the fans didn't like him. And he was never really able to turn that corner, I think, with the fans, especially the match-going fans, who, as I say, if you're, spe- if you're spending money and you're following your club up and down a country and, you know, you have it tattooed on yourself or whatever the case may be, like you're really, really passionate about this football club, you would like a manager who shares – at least in some way, that passion. And how do you know unless they show you? And if they don't show you, it's like, does he really care? And then you have the whole thing of... Which which is so stupid. Man. It's dumb. It's stupid. And it's ridiculous. Like, I don't want a manager or a coach to be a fan. Like, you're not a cheerleader. Yeah, like, I mean, you're there yeah, to do a job. And if, if you're winning and you're, you get to a League Cup final, you get third place, uh, you win a European trophy... What more do you want from me? Like, I don't need to jump up and down with pom-poms and just whatever. Like, I'm a professional. I'm not a clown. Um, <laughs> which is why I just – I feel like most Chelsea fans, at least the, the ones that voice their opinions in that way, they're just silly. So so you want – this could be <laughs> venturing into rent territory. <laughs> so, like, you want Frank Lampard to come and get sacked? Like, that's what you want deep down? Like, you don't know what this club is. Like, people who purport to be fans. You've been there for 20 years. I go I go home and away. I'm there all the time. So then you know what this club is about. So you know that, the, like, the, basically the first time there's trouble, the manager gets sacked. So you want Frank Lampard to come in with no transfer, with no transfer window and a squad that looks like this squad. And you're just like, all right, he'll fix it. Are you dumb? You're going to get a club legend sacked. Maybe some of you guys are stronger than me and you can like accept <laughs> that, you know, Frank Lampard, oh, he'll be sacked. It is what it is. We'll find someone else. I'm just like, yo, really? That's what you want for your legend? Like, no, 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 no. Because people aren't really looking long term, you know, as in people. And this is why I'm, uh, this is why the club are pissing me off, Double H, because they know this is just short term gratification. Yeah, they just want to be happy in, 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 in the short term because you know, know how it's going to end. <laughs> You know how it's going to end. Can you, the Sky Sport alert, Frank Lampard has been sacked or relieved. They, they won't call it sacked because we know. They'll try to be nice. Mutual pen. consent has departed by mutual consent. Personally, I'm not prepared to see that because Frank Lampard was one of my favorite players, and I still have a connection to him hmm. um, as little as the connection with the club is becoming. Um, has Pogba let United down or have United let Pogba down from that match guy? Um, United have let Pog- have left have let Pogba down by not acquiring the right players around him. You can't expect there is there are very few players who you can expect to be effective when you've got um, Lukaku as your striker, Herrera, Matic around you, and Ashley Young in the team. Sorry, bro, like that's not gonna work. Those those are bricks. <laughs> All right. Um, the real answer is. United have let Pogba down. But let's play a little game. What would Graham Sooner say? 
I want you to pretend to be Graham Sunis, and I ask you this question. All right. Okay. <laughs> we are we are now speaking. We have uh, Graham Sunis on the line, guys. Um, and Hi. Somebody, and somebody has a question. Um, has Pogba let United down, or have United let Pogba down? Pogba has let United down. His Instagram exploits, his haircuts, his hairstyles. It's all about me, 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 me. You're supposed to lead the team. You're supposed to strive the, the team forward. But instead, all you care about are your sponsorships, posting dabs online, and you've and you've let the team down. You do not know about the Man United heritage and, and, and the history. And you know what? This is why I have issues with young, black, successful people. These, these young blacks coming in here, thinking that they can come into a place with heritage and everything. Do you know what's sickening me the most? How they gave this young black gorilla a flipping cap in the number. That is the thing that just pissed me off the most because he soiled and absolutely disrespected the clean Lily White's elfish image, angelic image of Man United. So now this flipping immigrant West African urchin coming in and just totally destroying what was a, a great club. So yeah, I think Pogba has let him down, and I think Pogba is a is a disgrace of a he's he's a poor excuse for a human being. He's a creature. He's a he's a he's a, he's a cretin, and he needs to clean himself because he's dirty. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, and that is uh, what would Grim sooner say. <laughs> All right, who who will be top scorer player of the team? No, no, wait, 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 wait. P.S. Graham, Graham, Graham Sunis is a prick. I just want to just put it out there. So yeah, <clears throat> we agree. Who will be the top scorer player of the tournament and best young player at Afcon? For me, the top scorer will be Salah. Player of the tournament, Ziyech. Best young player, Chukese. Ooh. Um, because because I don't want to tempt fate, I I I agree with the, with those two. Best young player. How 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 old is Zaha? Would he still count? 26. No, nah, he doesn't count as a young player. How old is Nicolas Pepe? Don't um, jinx. 24. No, no, no. He's, he's 24. Nicolas so Pepe. I don't think he counts. I think the player I'm most excited to see is Chukese because I haven't watched that much of Villarreal. So I haven't seen that much. So I'm, I'm excited to see what he might do in this tournament. A couple questions left. Thoughts on Cristiano being Cristiano by posting each and every achievement of last season on his Instagram? Um, look, it's on. It, it is. It is what it is. That's that's what he's about. He lives for these trophies and these achievements. So, not literally. There's nothing more to add or to say. I've never really understood Instagram. Um, but... it's it's Instagram is really. Um, if you're a guy, you follow models, and one woman. If you're a a woman, it's for posting stuff and for looking at likes and comments at your photos. That's pretty much Instagram is. Obviously, they are trying to bring in more content stuff with IGTV and everything, but primarily Instagram is about guys looking at um, models, Instagram models, and for women looking at people commenting and liking their photos and stuff. So, always, it's, you don't think that's creepy? Yes, it is creepy. Of, of, of course, it's as creepy. It's like looking at someone's scrapbook. Yeah. Like, why would you do that? But they've put it out there. So, no, actually, no. It it isn't creepy. Creepy is you're looking at someone without them giving you permission to view them. But as soon as you post it, you're giving people permission to view it. So there's nothing. There's actually nothing creepy about it. You're not creeping because creeping is like, oh, I hope you don't notice me viewing your stuff. But if you if you put stuff in the public domain, then you're not creeping. You're viewing it. It's in the public domain. If Bayern gets Sunny, would it be a good move? Yes, very good move because he will be a starter. He Gemma, Gemma knows Germany. He's the, he's the kind of player that Bayern need, and yeah, I just think it's 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 it just it, it it's right all the way through. Like I get that Pep prefers Bernardo over Sane, but Leroy Sane is too good. He's too little of a, of a player to be holding the the bench. Who has contributed the least while winning the most titles? Benjamin Mendy or Patrick McCaw? Patrick McCaw, he was he was on the Golden State bench for two years and won the last two championships and then toronto signed him i don't think he played a minute and he won the league again Guys, so, come on. How is this so he, he, 
Of course, it's yeah. man. The fact that I don't even know who, what the hell Emma call is. Of course, it's bloody Mendy, man. Come on, man. No, it said who has contributed the least while winning oh, the, the least. Oh, Patrick McCall. Easy, Patrick McCall. Easily. Yeah, at least at least Mendy. Like he, he's good for team camaraderie and stuff, yeah. right? No, yeah, no, yeah, like, yeah, he's he's great for team support and everything. He's a great cheerleader. So, um, lastly, another NBA question from Mason Boers: Thoughts on Raptors NBA win and whether they can win it again next year if Kawhi and others like Danny Green and Gasol resign with them? Do you want to save that for the extra? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, we will talk more NBA in the extra. So yeah, this has been Talking Tactics Podcast. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, at Talking Tactics. Google. Use Google. Google is your friend. Type in Talking Tactics Podcast. Use Bing. Use Bing. Use Bing. If you want to help the podcast, you can look up our Patreon. And uh, the link to that is in the description. Is there anything I'm missing? Um, uh, We love all our subscribers and our people. We, we, We wish you love. We wish you prosperity. And we want you to be positive and happy. Yeah. I like that. Um, Talking Tactics Podcast. Sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always football. Indeed. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Hi, guys. Um, What I'm going to start doing is I'm going to start putting the first minute or so of our Talking Tactics Extra at the end of our podcast. I realize if we just tell you, hey, we do a Patreon and you don't really get a vibe for what that is or what we're up to, you might not get it. So... What I'm going to do is just put like a little minute clip at the end. That way you can get a vibe for, you know, just what a Talking Tactics Extra is. It's pretty much what we do already, but it's not necessarily about football in that way. So I really encourage everybody to go check out the Patreon. We've done a bunch of episodes. There's a deep back catalog. So thank you to everybody that's already taken the time out to look. If it's not for you, we appreciate you looking anyway. If you have, very, 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 very appreciative to everyone that's taken that decision. But yeah, this is just the first minute or so of this week's Talking Tactics Extra. And I hope it encourages you to go look and, and check it out. Okay, let, let me let me explain why. I think whenever I, I watch sports, I always, 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 always root for the underdog. I There's nothing I despise more than a team that always wins. Listen, uh, let me say a, a little bit of trivia. Before I supported any team, I hated Man United. When I was like, maybe I was like five, six years old in living in Nigeria, I just, I hated Man United, and my brother used to support Man United during the the Cantona days, and Lee Sharp and Man People, but I just hated them because they as like I just I just can't stand teams that are too strong or too good that win all the, the time. It always really annoys me. So as well, I hated the Heat because they were like a super team constructed to win all the time, and I hated the Warriors. When Durant joined, because of like, no, this team is just like uns- un- un- unstoppable. So, just just quickly, don't don't forget your point. Okay. Somebody, you say you don't like, you know, you always root for the underdog, and you don't mm. like when someone always wins. Yeah. How do you how do how did you feel about like Floyd Mayweather? Again, that's why things are different. So with Mayweather, to a point, it is kind of like, oh, what the hell? But thing about Mayweather is basically it's it's many aspects because it's, oh, that's actually it's a very good good question because. Sports Social Podcast Network.